to Affirming Truths. I'm your friend and host, Carla Arges. This show is a safe place to share our struggles, grow in faith, and root our identity in Christ. My hope is that you will leave each episode feeling encouraged in your journey. Subscribe so you don't miss an episode, and it would mean the world to me if you would leave a review. I am so glad you're here. Let's get started. Hi friends, it's Carly here. Now, if you follow me on my personal account on Instagram, you'll see that a few weeks ago, I was battling through a depressive episode, which is not uncommon. Um, And I asked you guys, do you want to hear an episode about my journey through mental illness? And overwhelmingly, my Instagram audience said yes. So here am I, or here I am, about to share a little bit of my journey in as much as I can in a 20-minute episode. For those of you who don't know, I have bipolar 2 and borderline personality disorder. (laughs) That's a mouthful. Um, They can appear quite similar in some ways. Um, They both have to do with mood. One is an actual mood disorder. The other one is a personality disorder, which kind of sounds funny, doesn't it? A personality disorder. Um, but I, I have both and I actually got diagnosed with them later on in my life. And I went through a series of misdiagnoses and, um, just having things overlooked and actually spent a lot of time with my head in the sand, really not wanting to, to face my challenges. You know, if you listen to my first episode, you know that I was 13 years old when I first tried to commit suicide, but that wasn't the first indication that something wasn't right. When I was uh, just a little bit younger, 12 years old, I had to wear a heart monitor a few times because of heart palpitations I was having, and it came back that it was just anxiety. I think I know now what it was. It was part of my trauma manifesting in my body. Um, But we never really did anything with it. When I was growing up, mental health wasn't really a topic of conversation. And so my parents were just like, oh, anxiety, okay, (laughs) we'll pray about it. And not that there's not anything wrong with praying about our struggles, of course not. But I have learned in my journey with mental illness that for whatever reason, God has decided not to heal me. And so it's not that I need to stand on faith alone. I need to avail myself of the resources that he has blessed me with, such as medication and therapy and, and so on. But we did nothing. And I ended up, like I said, trying to commit suicide when I was 13, ended up in the hospital. And I got to tell you, the therapist my parents found for me was a real special gentleman. Before I had even sat in the chair, his question to me was, how could you do this to your parents? Clearly, he was not trained (laughs) in, in how to talk to attempted suicide victims. And really it is a victim. You're a victim of your illness when you 
go down that route. It is an unfortunate fallout from mental illness. Um, And I could tell you that just really made me put my wall up towards therapists. And one of the reasons why it took me so long to go back to them. Now, I was living on my own since I was 14. And in retrospect, looking back at that time period, I can really see borderline uh, manifested in my life. I was clinging in my relationships. I was so feared of a, fearful of abandonment. It made me act in a crazy way. Um, I thought I was just a crazy, jealous person, but I was desperate not to lose the people in my life. I had anger outbursts. In fact, high school sent me to anger management classes twice. Um, And I really believe now looking back and understanding borderline, those were borderline instances, but a lot wasn't known about it. In fact, even today, not lots is known about borderline. They say about 70% of people with borderline have had some trauma in their past. And that certainly fits for me. Um, But we didn't know a lot about it. I went to university with really abusing alcohol, um, trying to just escape my feelings. And I realized I was really depressed. So I did talk to a doctor on campus and they prescribed an antidepressant. And man, was that not a good experience. I felt like a zombie. I felt just numbed out. I had no feeling whatsoever. I did not like it. I did not feel like me. And so, of course, I thought, well, that's it. I'm never doing medication again. So I'm young and have decided not to do therapy and not to do medication because I had a couple of bad experiences. Not knowing what I know now, that the path to finding the right fit for a therapist takes time. And sometimes it takes seeing multiple people. I didn't realize that the path to finding the right medication took time and takes trial and error. No one explained those things to me. And I just thought those were my only options. And every experience with therapy or medication would be the same. So I became very anti that and thought I'll just get through it on my own. But man, the rages kept coming. The depression, that was the big thing. The depression kept rolling in. I would remember driving to my corporate job, wishing that I would get hit by a semi. Not necessarily to die, but just so I had a valid reason not to get out of bed. For the longest time, I thought these were just character flaws, like I was lazy. But I've come to learn that that is a large part of depression. And you do get more tired. You're constantly fighting against your own mind. That takes energy. It makes you tired. You know, I question God, like, why me? Is this punishment? 
I had some well-meaning people at church when I would go for prayer ask me, how is your faith? As if it was a faith issue. I've been asked if I had unrepentant sin in my life, as if this was a judgment against me. And I got to tell you, that feedback from the church was devastating to me. It made me, in what was already a hard time, question my Christianity. Like, was I truly saved? Like, am I failing as a Christian and this is God's punishment? And friend, if you're feeling like that about your illness, if you have been told by the church incorrectly that this is a faith issue or a sin issue, I want to remind you of John 9, 1 to 3. When a blind man comes to healing and the disciples ask Jesus, whose sin is he being punished for, his own or his parents? And Jesus said, no, this is not about his sin, but it's an opportunity for God to be glorified. Your illness is not about your sin. Your illness is not about a lack of faith. Does having strong faith help us work through this? Absolutely. Does having weak faith make it harder? Absolutely. But it's not the cause of mental illness. And I always like to tell people there's a difference between mental health and mental illness. We all have mental health. And in that, we all have ups and downs in our mental health. Sadness, grief, joy. Our mental health can be impacted by circumstances. And yes, our mental health can be impacted through a wavering faith with doubt and and worries. But we don't all have mental illness. Not everyone has bipolar or schizophrenia, schizophrenia. Just like we all have physical health and sometimes it waxes and wanes. Sometimes we get a cold or a little flu bug, but we bounce back. But some of us get actual physical illness and have to battle diabetes and cancer. Those are not the same thing. We all have mental health. We don't all have mental illness. And that's just such a crucial thing to remember. It's not your, it's not your sin. It's not your lack of faith. It's an illness. And if you let God, you'll be glorified through it. And I'm certainly starting to see that in my life. But anyways, I was depressed and I couldn't function. And I decided I'm going to talk to my doctor. Now, here is some of a mistake that I made in looking back. I only talked to the doctor about my depression because I didn't realize some of the other things I was experiencing was mental illness. I just thought they were character flaws. I didn't talk to him about my rage. I didn't talk to him about my racing mind. I didn't talk to him about my racing thoughts. I didn't tell him I'd go through periods of having amazing ideas only for them to never manifest into anything. I would give up on everything. I didn't realize that was me flowing between hypomania 
and normal state and depression. I didn't understand that. I just thought, wow, you're a quitter. You have no follow through. Really affected my self-esteem. So I only talked to the doctor about the depression because that's all I could articulate. That's the only thing that I thought, well, maybe this is something. And so I was misdiagnosed for the longest time with something called dysthymia, which is a low-grade chronic depression. And he put me on medication and I was scared to go on medication, but he put me on a medication that seemed to work in the sense that I still felt like me, but everything wasn't quite as it should be. I sensed that in my spirit, my racing mind stopped, but the depression still seemed to linger. And I finally talked to the doctor about that. It took some time. And he's like, well, tell me more about what you experience. Let's talk about when you're feeling good. Let's talk about, you know, when you're not feeling depressed. And in his digging deeper, I ended up talking about anger outbursts, racing mind, grandiose ideas, sometimes not needing sleep and other times not being able to get out of bed. And it was through this probing and me being open about everything that we came to the bipolar diagnosis. I was not ready for that. And I was not ready to accept that. I said, thank you very much for your time. I will see you later. And I stuck staying with the antidepressant, the SSRI he had prescribed me because it was slowing down my mind, but I wasn't, I don't know. I just, maybe because of stigma, maybe because I was shocked, I could not accept the bipolar diagnosis. It was so hard for me. And so I kept living with anger outbursts. I kept living, not being the best mom that I could be. I kept living just on survival mode because I couldn't bring myself to accept it. Not until I had to. In 2017, I sustained my sixth head injury. And something about that head injury changed me. I'm not the same. I can't do math in my head the way I used to. Lots of things are different in how I process information now. But one thing that really started to happen after that six head injury is my bipolar got worse. Now, I don't know the connection between brain trauma and mental illness, but I can tell you before my first suicide attempt, I had my first head injury. And then now with this last head injury, it escalated my bipolar symptoms. And I realized I could not function. So I went to the doctor and I said, I'm ready. I'm ready to face this. And so he put me on a medication that didn't work. I had a horrible allergic reaction to it. But this time I had the right doctor speaking to me. And he's like, you know what, Carla, sometimes these things take time. And that made me nervous, but God was good 
because the, by the time we tried the second medication, it was a winner. It was a winner. It's an antipsychotic that I take along with my SSRI. And I only wish that we had discovered it sooner because in between medications, getting off one and getting on the other, I had a full-blown manic episode. When I say full-blown, I mean full-blown. It is, I don't know how I was not hospitalized. I think my husband was in shock about what was going on. And again, I wasn't sharing everything. I was paranoid. I kept seeing dead birds and thought that they were messages. I took out money from my retirement savings and booked a trip to Paris by myself. I went and got a whole bunch of filler in my face, like again, on credit. I, I did much worse than that even, but just way out there behavior for me. Um, and I didn't care. While I was manic, I didn't care. I didn't care about the money I was spending. I didn't care about who I was hurting. I was just out to live this big, grandiose life. I thought I was the queen of the world. And not in an egocentrical way, but this is what happens in mania. You get these grandiose ideas and this grandiose self-image. And it was unsettling. And I can tell you that God really worked in my husband's heart to forgive me and accept me and not hold anything against me because I did some pretty bad things during that manic episode. God protected me in a lot of ways. And like I said, God really did a miracle in Terry's heart, which I'm so grateful for. We found this new medication. It got me down off of the manic episode and it was working. And yet something was still off. I was still having these out of body moments, these huge disassociations. And my doctor is like, hmm. I think we need to bring in the big guns for this. So I saw a few psychiatrists and the consensus was that I had borderline personality. The medication was helping with some of the symptoms, but a big support for borderline personality is actually therapy, actually something called DBT. So I was confronted with the need to go back to therapy, (laughs) something that I was afraid of doing. But at this point, I was seeing hope. I was starting to move from barely surviving to thriving. My ability to mother my son with love and grace and patience and calm and just love him like Jesus was increasing. Like my capacity to do that expanded tenfold the healthier I got mentally. And I thought, this is something worth pursuing. So I went to therapy. 
I've done a lot of trauma sessions using ART. I've learned a lot of coping mechanisms that have helped me while I was triggered. And I'm starting to thrive. Now, my life doesn't look like how I imagined it would be. I haven't been able to pursue work in my field of study. I haven't been able to work corporately. But God has blessed me with a ministry to women. God has blessed me with the ability to use my experiences to encourage others. And I got to tell you, he's not done with me yet. And friend, he's not done with you yet either. And if you are struggling with your mental illness, I want you to know that thriving is possible. But you might just have to let go some of the, the stigmas that you are holding on to. There's a huge stigma about taking medication. My medication saves me. It is a gift from God, in my opinion. It has made me be able to function and mother and, and connect and grow and be a wife and be a friend and walk in my purpose and calling like nothing else. So you have to be willing to let go of stigmas. You have to be willing to face some of the stuff, right? Like for the longest time, I put my head in the sand. I didn't take ownership. Just like I'd have to take ownership if I had diabetes to watch what I eat and exercise and take my insulin. I had to take ownership over my mental illness, and that does actually include also watching what you eat, getting exercise, getting good sleep, taking my medication, going to therapy, all of that firmly rooted in my faith, of course, but I have responsibility and ownership over that. And so I just want you to consider where you might be dropping the ball on your responsibility. Are you doing the things that you need to do to help your mental illness? Are you doing the things that you need to do to bring stability? Are you doing the things that you need to do to thrive? Because I can tell you, God wants to use you. I used to think my mental illness disqualified me. And if anything, it is the very thing that God uses to qualify me. And isn't that just like God to take our broken things and make them new, to take what the enemy wants to take as our weakness and come in and strengthen us through it. So I do have an affirming truth for us in this, that I am a good work capable of good work for the kingdom of God through Christ. And I know that from Philippians 1, 6, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. 
God is going to do a good work in you and through you, and he will continue to do that. So press in, press in, and don't overlook how the goodness of God sometimes shows up in other people, like therapists, like doctors, because he has been so faithful to me through those things. I still go to therapy. I still take my medication. It's not a be-all, end-all answer. I still deal with depressive episodes. I still deal with a little bit of elevated episodes, but I deal with it equipped to handle it through what I've been learning and through leaning in on Jesus. So that's a little bit about my story. Feel free to DM me and share yours with me so we can connect on that and I can encourage you. I'll see you next time, friends. Thanks for joining me today. I hope we're already friends on social media, but if we're not, come find me on Instagram at Carla Arges or at Affirming Truth. Can't wait to see you back here next week. Bye, friends.